Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey there, we're so excited to see you tonight on this Wednesday night. This is our midweek, Wednesday night midweek. Are you excited? Type excited if you're excited in the chat. And we are so happy to be coming to you in your home. Isn't it amazing that although we're not able to meet in person, that we can come into your home and we can connect with you. We can share the word of God together and we can just come and gather together around God and the things of God, even though we're not together. But we are sending you virtual hugs until we can see you in person. Those that don't know me, my name is Pastor Pam. I am one of the assistant pastors here um, at New Beginnings at our Brick Campus, and I just want to welcome you. If it is your first time with us, maybe you've never been to a service here, or maybe you haven't even connected with us online. If it is your first time connecting with us, I just want to encourage you at the top of your screen, at some time throughout the service, if you can just hit that connect button, there's a connect button there. If you can just hit that, that would be great. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, to get you a gift, to see how we might be able to pray with you and your family, serve you in any way that we can, especially in this time. Um, you may need prayer or whatever it is for your family. We'd love the opportunity to go ahead and connect with you. For those of you that are Wednesday night midweek people, type midweek in there. Those of you, I know some people don't make it out on the weekends because of their jobs, whatever the case may be. And Wednesday night is your service. So if you're wanting to give online, with your tithes and offerings, anything like that, there's also a button on top that you can go ahead and you can give right there on the screen online. You so you can do that right from the comfort of your own home. You can go ahead and do that. Um, also, I just want to remind you for the weekend services, we do have our service on Saturday night at 6 and 9.30 and 11.30 on Sunday. So we hope to see you there. I'm very excited about what I'm going to be sharing tonight. But before I share that, we do want to share... We um, come to you and just pray together, just agree together. Um, Pastor has wanted us to just pray for our leaders, for the leaders of our country, the leaders of our area. Um, you know, in Proverbs, I'm not sure the scripture, but it talks about how when the godly are in rule, the city rejoices. And that's because the godly men and women that are in rule or um, in leadership positions, when they're godly, they're aligning their hearts and carrying out the plans and the purposes and really the heart of God for the people. Um, generosity, they're just carrying out compassion for people. And so we want to lift up our leaders so that they really have a heart to carry out the things that God desires to be carried on on the earth. So why don't you just um, maybe put your hand out or just agree with me right now as we just um, touch our president and touch our, um, our leaders in prayer. Father, we just come to you right now. We thank you, Lord, um, that you teach us in your word and you command us in your word to pray for those, Lord, that have the command or rule over us, for those that are in authority. And so, Father, we pray for those that are in authority in our local uh, cities, for those that are in authority at our state level, and for those that are in authority 
over our nation. And Father, we thank you that you would um, touch each one of them, Lord God, that you would minister and you would put godly men and women around them, Father God, and that you would move on their hearts, Father, that you would um, have the opportunity to move into their hearts, Father God, and to affect their decisions, to give them wisdom. Father, thank you that you surround our local and national leaders with godly men and women who can speak the word of God, who can speak your plans and purposes into their hearts, Father God. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for surrounding them. We thank you that you said when we pray for our authorities that it's a good thing because then your plans and your purposes can be established on the earth and that we would live in peace, that the church would be able to live in peace and the gospel would go forth. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And also, Father, we just thank you for this time together, for this word that you put on my heart. I thank you, Father God, that the word of God is alive and it is powerful and Lord thank you that this word Father God will take root in the hearts of everyone who hears and Lord I thank you that lives would be changed because of what I'm going to share from your word Lord God and I thank you Holy Spirit for your ministry to um, teach and to move on the hearts of those that are hearing and move on my heart as I share Father God and so we thank you for that in Jesus name Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you so much for agreeing with us in prayer, and I encourage you to take every opportunity to pray for all of our leaders. Uh, it's, a, it's a command that God gives us, and so it's super important. Amen? Okay, well, this message that has been on my heart, I'm very excited to share, and it's something that I kind of like is really different from anything that I've really ever shared, but I pray that it really touches your heart and really ministers to your heart at this time. So there's a woman that I follow on Facebook. I've been following for quite some time and she's just been very accurate with the things of God and it, the things that God really puts on her heart to share are super um, timely in just the timetable of the things of God. And her name is Anita Alexander. She's from Australia actually. And not too long ago, I had watched something that she had done with another woman and she was sharing some things that God had put on her heart. And she said this, and I, I, it just really resonated with me. It really was like, yes, Lord, this is what I really believe. Is She said um, that she believes that the church is in a season or time of a divine reset. And when she said divine reset, what she said is, is, is she clarified that, and she went on to say that she believes that this time of this pandemic and things we're seeing going on right now and just the way that church has shifted, many things have shifted. People's hearts have been changed. M people are just open to hearing the gospel. Just a lot is obviously happening, not only in the natural realm, but also in the spirit realm as well. And she went on to clarify it, saying that she believes that in this time and in this season, right at this moment, that guys, God's eyes are on the church, that his eyes are watching over the church, and that, I, and I want you to get this, that God, is moving in the hearts of the church right now and preparing his church because as we move forward, God desires to bring in a, a harvest. And for those that don't know what the harvest is, it means that he's really wanting at this time to speak into the hearts of the church, prepare us so that we can get ready to bring in those people that don't know God, those people that may be living in, in darkness and really have never come to know Jesus. God wants to bring him into the church and God wants to um, have us prepared to receive them. And so um, 
when she shared this, it just really struck like, yes, this w is what I really believe that I've been seeing in my life, just really seeing God preparing his people. And so, you know, anytime there's significant assignments that God wants to do, significant changes, significant seasons in God's timetable or the things of God, what he does is he starts to move first in the hearts of his people. He starts to prepare, and I wanted to give you the definition of the word prepare. The word prepare is this, to make something ready in advance and to make ready for a particular purpose. And the word prepare also means this, it, it means to prepare out in advance and like think about like a cookie cutter when you take that cookie cutter you actually prepare it you pare it out you you cut it and you cut some things off of the edges and you you kind of define that thing and so the word prepare you know like think about preparation preparation when God begins to prepare us and and uh, preparing his church he begins to move and shift things in our hearts he begins to maybe give um, different, give direction on things, um, get us ready. And I thought about it like a really good analogy for me was thinking about, you know, on Easter Sunday, I made lasagna. I honestly think it was like the first time I've ever made lasagna. And I like really should not even be called an Italian because I am not <laughs> a good cook. We have this big joke in my house that every time I cook something and call like, hey, it's time for dinner, the dog is the only one comes running in the house. Like, this is like a huge joke that we have. So when I was preparing my lasagna for Easter, all of my ingredients were in the fridge at the time. But when I prepare, was getting ready to prepare my lasagna at that moment, I had to take the ricotta cheese out and had to take, get everything in position to be able to put that together. And I really believe that that's what God's really doing right now. And Throughout the word of God, what I really want to hone in, in tonight for you is throughout the word of God, when we see these seasons of preparation and these moments of preparation, um, it's significant in God's timetable. And we see there's one way God really tweaks and begins to prepare our hearts. And so um, I want to take you to Joshua chapter 3. And um, this is a moment in time that was a really significant moment for God's people they were getting ready to cross the Jordan River and really God was moving them further into the promised land, but it was a very significant moment for them to cross the Jordan River, which God was gonna dry up the river before them. And it was also a moment where they were gonna get ready to go into take their first city, Jericho, and overtake this city. And so this was a very significant moment for God's people and a, a moment of preparation for them. And so in Joshua chapter three, verse one, if you have your Bible app or whatever it is, you can just check it out um, or just write it down to look it over later. But it says in Joshua three, verse one says this, in the morning, Joshua, who for those of you that don't know, Joshua was the leader. He was leading the people at this time. And so Joshua got up early. Then he and all the children of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan. They stayed there before crossing over. So they stayed there for about three days before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people. And this is what they said. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levite priest carrying it. Now the Ark of the Covenant was a presence of God. So he's saying he commanded the people that when you see the presence of God um, in the, the Ark of the Covenant, that's where it, it, it 
lived at, and abided at the time, he said, you shall set out from where you are and go behind it. So you're gonna go behind that presence of God. You're gonna keep your eyes on that presence of God. And there must be a difference of 2,000 cubits between you and it. Do not draw closer to it in order that you may, may know the way you should go. Okay, so they're coming to a significant moment and the Lord says, for you have not passed this way before. And you know, many of you may feel like I've really not passed this way before. I've never, none of us have ever been through some of the things we're walking through right now. So it's so important to keep the presence of God, our focus on God um, and, and on the things of eternity and not these things, all the craziness that we see going on many times. And so verse five says this, and this is the verse that I really wanna key in on for our time together tonight, is that Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will perform wonders, wondrous deeds, I'm sorry, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will perform wondrous deeds among you. Joshua said to the priest, pick up the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, and proceed ahead of the people. So they picked up the Ark of the Covenant and went in front of the people. And so verse five is really what I really wanna pull out and I wanna, we're gonna unpack and really talk about what it means to consecrate yourselves to God. And you know, I, I'm gonna use the word sanctification and consecration interchangeably for these purposes tonight because this is just a one night um, message and it's not a series or anything like that. So I'm going to use this word um, and just kind of be real simple with this message. But I want you to understand first of all that when we are consecrated to God or sanctified, so when we get born again, immediately it's initial thing. It's, it's an initial work that happens, but then there's a progressive work that continues to happen that we walk out our sanctification or walk out our consecration. But what I really want to um, focus in on tonight is that um, there are times, again, and I'd said this a little earlier, but times that are times of preparation where God emphasizes it's time to consecrate and sanctify yourself. And like he said to the children of Israel, because tomorrow I'm gonna do wonders among you. And so there's a time that God brings an awareness and brings an emphasis on consecration because he has something on the other side of it that he is preparing us for, that he's wanting to do. And we see it with the children of Israel. And so just like this moment in the life of Joshua and the children of Israel, I believe we are in a season where God is moving on the church, preparing us and telling us that he wants us to consecrate and sanctify ourselves in a greater way, okay? And so what is consecration? Because many of us may not even, it's a consecration, sanctification sounds like these big lofty words. So um, to sanctify or consecrate something basically means this. It means to make it holy, to dedicate it to a higher purpose and calling, amen? It, the Greek word in the New Testament is agiosmos, and it means, and I want you to get this, it means to set something apart from everything else, to dedicate it and consecrate it to something. It's a divine work that only God, only God can consecrate you, like nothing earthly, nothing worldly, nothing material can consecrate you. God is a holy God, and so it's a holy work, and he consecrates us, and so, it's taking something that's ordinary and setting it apart for something that's holy. It's purifying something and setting it aside for the express 
purpose of being used by God himself. There's a scripture in 1 Timothy 2. I'm just gonna read this. I can't really go into the whole context of this for time's sake, but I encourage you to read it because God was calling them out in a time that was, a a lot of ungodliness was around them and God was speaking um, through Paul and he says this, in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood, earthenware, and some honorable and noble. Whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean separates himself from contact with contaminating and um, corruptible influence. He then himself will be a vessel set apart, now listen to this, set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated, there's that word, and profitable to the master, fit and ready for God to use. I'm gonna stop it there, but Again, we see it's separating out so that God can use us. It's, it's this holy, separated purpose that God wants to separate us to. And so it made me think about these cupcakes. I was thinking about this. Every mom, I know that you're gonna be able to totally get this. How many of you moms have done this? Um, and then just, I want you to type yes in the chat if you've done it. Um, or if you're like a teenager and your mom has done this or your dad, I want you to type yes in the chat. And so how many of you have bought something? And I know it's like so cheesy to use cake, but um, these, are, these, are cook- these are cupcakes from the wooden spoon. This wonderful lady at our, at our church like bakes amazing, okay? So how many of you have bought something? You buy, I bought these from her and I set them aside for three days and I, um, I said to my kids, do not touch these. I had gotten them from her. I'm like, do not touch them. They're set apart for me to be able to use on Friday. And you know how hard it was for my kids to just like withhold (laughs) eating these cupcakes? But how many of you have done that? Maybe it's a birthday party or a special occasion and you go shopping, you buy that special thing. Maybe it's cupcakes, maybe it's a cake, maybe it's some type of food. And you know, if you don't tell your kids, listen, this is set apart because it's set for something. We're setting it apart and setting it aside because we're using it for a special purpose. Your kids are gonna dive into that bag, they're gonna dive into that box, and they're gonna be gone within a day, right? Or probably in my house, like I have teenagers, so it's like an hour, it's gonna be gone. And so that's like such an example for me that helped me to just really hone in on this whole thing of being separated. I also brought, and I'll make this real quick, (laughs) my wedding picture like Queen Anne style wedding dresses were so popular then, but like I wouldn't have thought about wearing my wedding dress before I got married. Like I wouldn't just go shopping or food shopping in my wedding dress, why? It was set apart for a really specific holy um, purpose. And so it was consecrated, set apart for that. And that's what it means. That's what God means when he separates and sets us apart. So that's what it means to be set apart, sanctified, consecrated. But why, why? And I love this. I had not even seen this, but this woman, Anita, when she shared her word, she shared this scripture. I never had seen it in this light in John 17. And it says, um, Jesus is talking to his disciples um, at the Last Supper, and he's praying for them and speaking to the Lord about them, to the Father. And he says, Father, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they, meaning the disciples, would have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, so catch this. He said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. 
They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. And he said this, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I, here's the word again, sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Church, this is why consecration and sanctification are so important. Why? What does it really mean? Why is this important to us? It's important because when we go into a dark world, we need to be the light. When we go into a corrupt, falling apart world, God does not want us corrupted or tainted by the things that we're gonna see, by the things that we're gonna encounter. And what he does is he says, I need you set apart and sanctified because you're gonna go into the darkness and you need to be the light. He says, you're gonna go in to those places that need the salt. We are called salt of the earth. If we are corrupted, if salt loses its flavor, it's, no, it's not good for anything. And so when we sanctify ourselves and set us apart, we are being prepared for Jesus or God to send us into a world that needs us to stay pure, that needs us to stay set apart. Why? Because we are commanded and mandated to take heaven and bring it to earth. And if we look like all the other things going on, if we live in darkness, if we live corruptly, and if we live worldly, we will not be able to bring change, the effective change, the, the things that God wants us to bring into the world and effectively make change. So he sanctifies us, why? Because he's sending us in. <laughs> Jesus is sending them in the middle of the into the world and saying, sanctify them, Father, by your truth. So we know that his truth sanctifies us. And so the, um, as, and so I wanted to give you like how, what does it look like to participate with the sanctification process with God? And so um, I'm gonna give you um, one last scripture and I want, I, I just never had seen this scripture in this light until I was really been preparing for this and God's been moving on my heart personally about sanctifying myself, personally about consecrating myself. And so it's in, we hear this scripture a lot and I, w I want you to hear it with fresh eye, fresh ears and fresh eyes. Um, see it with fresh eyes. How can you participate with this sanctification process? First Chronicles seven fourteen says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Okay, so I wanna focus on here's how you can cooperate with God. Number one, he says in this scripture, seek my face, okay? So as believers, as God's people, you can participate by seeking God's face. I want you to think about the moment of Joshua, let's go back for a minute, how they were preparing to go into the battle of Jericho. Joshua said, consecrate yourself. He was setting them apart for God and what happened, God ended up taking them and telling them to do something that was so outlandish, walk around the city seven times or six times and then on the seventh day they walked around six times and then on the seventh time they shouted. But he gave them these really unusual, <laughs> um, this really unusual way of doing things. How, we, we don't know that God used that time of consecration and preparation to prepare them to be able to really be in that place of seeking God so that when he gave them these instructions, they would follow what God asked them to do. And it's the same thing with our own lives. As we consecrate and seek 
God's face, okay, this is the first part, we can participate by seeking his face. As we do that, we put ourselves in a position to be set our, on God and allow God to refuel us. God then is our divine source of filling us up because we are spiritual beings. We, God fills us up. God um, makes us holy. God speaks to our hearts. And so when we are seeking God, we're seeking that divine source that only God can fill us up. Only God can do things in our hearts um, that no one else can do and nothing else can do. As we seek him, God is gonna impart things to us to help us stay the course. So you may need to persevere through some things, through this consecration process or through whatever things God is pressing and pressing on your heart. And, and guys, when we set ourselves apart to God, we get that, we get the tools, the resources that we need to continue walking out the plans and purposes of God, to continue persevering, to continue staying the course. Just like Jesus did in the garden at Gethsemane, he, he just, he was needing God to move in his heart, to have him continue to walk out that process and finish out his course. And so he, he was seeking the face of God. And that's our first part. Just like in Chronicles, it says, seek my face. And so I wanna ask you a question, because I am big on questions. I'm gonna give you two questions to answer. And this first question is, what things in your life need to go? And what things are bringing distraction and drowning out the voice of God in your life? You know, I was listening to Rebecca Lyons um, doing um, a series with the women that I work with, and it's talking about rhythms of renewal, and she talked about how the Lord began to impress on her to um, stay off of social media for three months. And she said it was really hard, especially because she has a public ministry. And she said, it was in those times that I spent time alone, just listening to God's voice, tuning every other voice out. She said, I began to get fresh ideas, fresh dreams, fresh vision, just a fresh new grace from God. And so I'm asking you today, what things are drowning God's voice out that you, God, as you seek God, ask him, Lord, what needs to go because it's, it's drowning out my ability to be able to hear what you want me to do, to be able to hear marching orders, to be able to hear instruction or direction for what you have for this season. Um, or the other part of that question is what might be required that you would need to add into your life from God to be able to really um, really hear and really be in tune and in alignment with the Lord, what, what he wants to do. So that's my first thing, and then this is what we're gonna wrap up with, and I'm gonna share two quick stories um, on this, but I'm gonna give you that First Chronicles scripture again. So there's two things. We can participate by seeking his face, and in Chronicles again, it says, if they'll seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. So we're gonna talk about turning from our ways. The second way we cooperate is by turning from our will and embracing his will. By making the exchange, um, just like Jesus did at the garden, he said, Father, is there any other way to do this? <laughs> he wanted to find another way to be able to walk this out, but he exchanged his will and his way of doing it and allowed God to strengthen him and give him his way of doing it. And turning from our ways this is really important, and I'm gonna just really not share anything really on this other than two stories. Um, I work, one of the places I work part-time is I work um, in addiction recovery, America's Keswick, and I work with women who are coming out of addiction, 
um, as well as some of them come out of addiction, some of them are coming out of trauma. And so there's a lot that we work through with the women. And so um, going months back, when I had first started working there, there was a woman that had come in and she was just so precious and she just <laughs> stole our hearts. She's such a blessing. And so she was there, but from the day that she was there, she kept saying, I'm only staying in the program for six months. And it is a six month residential program, but most of the women do stay seven, sometimes eight months because sometimes they're just not ready to graduate in six months. And so from the day that she came in there, she's like, I am leaving in six months. And she would always bring this up. And different ones of us in the staff would minister to her and just encourage her, you know, to just trust God. And as the time comes, he'll prepare you and everything. And so her um, six months was coming up. It was before Christmas. It was in November. And she was right around Thanksgiving time. She would have been leaving. And um, she was really struggling because we, our coordinator said, you know, our director said that you, um, I really don't feel like you're ready right now to graduate. I, I believe you should stay through the holidays into the new year. And she was like really, really upset. And you can even see it on her face. She was just like, I am going home. I, I'm just not staying. I said I was going to stay six months. I did. And, and this is it for me. And different people were ministering to her. And then one of the staff members asked her a really powerful question that literally shifted and this is what they said to her they said do you want your will or do you want God's will in this situation and when they said that question or asked her that question it changed everything for her because she realized at that moment that I want to do it my way I want to do it my will but I need to surrender when we turn from our wicked ways, we're surrendering our will and our ways to his ways and his will. And this woman was like, it, it shifted everything and she's like, okay, Lord, I am surrendering to you and she decided to stay. And so she stays over Christmas time. Um, our coordinator said this was probably the busiest Christmas they've ever seen. We were invited to different houses, different churches, um, Lancaster, they got to go to all of these special productions, things that people blessed them with that they never would have been able to go and, and be a part of. And so um, we went through the holidays and then in, in January, I was doing like this um, night of um, kind of vision casting and really reflection. And so I had really had it in my heart because I was so curious and I was like, ask the ladies, what was the biggest thing that you experienced this year for Christmas? you know, these women are, were away from their family and just spent it with each other. And these women had become family to each other. And they all were crying and they were sharing different things. And this woman starts to bawl and we all started to cry. And she said, when I wanted to go home, I wanted to go home to be home for Christmas because I wanted to do Christmas shopping. And she said, that was like the biggest thing on my list is to do Christmas shopping. She said, but I, when I gave, surrendered my will to God, she said that season of her staying between that Christmas to the new year, there was a class that we did in idols class. I didn't teach it, but someone else did. And she said it was in that class, number one, that God revealed to her an idol that she had had in her heart that was causing her to drink alcohol. And God used it in such an incredible way. And then she said the other thing that he did was she said, I wanted to just Christmas shop. That's all I was concerned about going home. And she said, 
I love productions. I love Christmas. I love all of the excitement and all of the things that you get to participate in Christmas. And she said, if I had been at home and was just wanted it my way, she said, I would have never had the opportunity to experience God and learn how to trust him because every desire of my heart that I had, he met during that time. And so when we surrender, we're consecrating ourselves to God. And I wanna end with this quick story um, because you know I've been meditating on this message and marinating in this message um, for the past like week or, or, or two or maybe even longer. And over the past two weeks, um, and I, I'm not gonna go into super detail, I'm gonna keep it short, um, I really feel like God really helped me to see why this is so important. Why is it important to consecrate ourselves? Um, and so over the past few weeks, there's been a lot going on, of course, and we've been doing some outreaches and different things in our church. And you know, every one of us may have a list of some things we wanna do in this time and in this season to take advantage of the time. And so there were different things that I wanted to be involved in, different things that I wanna get done and for some reason, every time that there's an opportunity for that, it gets shut down. By, and I believe it's been God. And I've been finding that God has been kind of like hemming me in personally and spending time sometimes in the morning for two to three hours just getting up really early. And I say that because I, I, it's, it's a God season, it's a God-ordained thing for this time for me. And so I kept saying, well, I, I wanna be doing this or I want to be doing that and just constant closed doors and so I've been finding that it's just this time of just overwhelming time of just spending time with God that I never um, have spent God time like this studying in, in this magnitude that I have so on Saturday morning I had gone to the Lord about it and I've been like Lord I want to kind of do this I have some things that I want to get done and I feel like every time I try to do it or make arrangements for this or that it just doesn't work out and then I'm kind of like working on stuff between me and him or, or whatever it is. And, and I started to bawl my eyes out. I started to cry literally like a baby. And I didn't know why I was crying. I was like, am I having a meltdown? Like what is going on? And in the middle of me crying, um, I began to get, get the heart of God as to why this is so critical, especially at this time. And I began to cry and I literally felt like, and I, I hope I can even explain it, express it and communicate it. But I felt like, what God was really saying is that, um, that when he impresses on us to, to do something, and this goes with consecration, as we consecrate to God and we seek him and he moves in our hearts and we exchange our will, we may not understand it at the moment. We may say, God, why are you letting so-and-so do this? I wanna be doing that, or I wanna be over here, or I wanna be over there, but there's something that when you go and God is telling you, no, this is what I want you to be doing at this time, there's, there's that exchange and saying, okay, I'm gonna obey, but this is the thing, because you never know what he has you in that moment, in that place for, and it's for preparation, and you may not be able to figure out just as the children of Israel may have had no idea why it was like consecrate yourselves, get along with God, because it's in those moments that you need to be where God wants you to be so that you are prepared for what he has for you ahead. So when God is impressing on you, when God is moving, when God is speaking, and obey, 
Be like my, that sister of mine who said, okay, not my will, but Lord, your will be done in my life. Because you have no idea what God is preparing you up ahead for. And so my question to this is, um, I, want, I want to encourage you to be in position of where he wants you to be. Don't feel like you have to be everywhere else. And that only will come as you seek his face and listen for what God is asking you to do. Because what he's asking you to do may be very different and it's all in preparation for what he has ahead. And so my question for you this is, in this one is, what area of your life is God requiring you to turn away from your ways and your will and to take and embrace his ways and his will? Let me just pray. Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for ministering to the hearts of those that are listening. Father, I thank you for this time and this season of consecration. And Lord, I thank you that as we get aside from the distraction, as we get aside from the things that are going on, Lord, that are pulling for our attention, that we would seek you, that you would speak to our hearts. And Father, thank you for this preparation time. Thank you that preparation time is never lost time. And Lord, thank you for the things that you're preparing us, the, for, for the things that you're preparing us to walk in, Father God, as, as a corporate body and, Father, as a personal, as each one of us personally come to you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that not only are you gonna speak to hearts, but, Lord, thank you that you empower us by your Holy Spirit to walk out whatever it is that you desire for us to be walking out at this season. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. And I just wanna encourage you to hop on. Um, don't forget to hop on our Sunday, ser our weekend services, Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday at 9.30 or 11.30, have a blessed week. 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 Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.